Welcome to the Reclamation Podcast. Reclamation is a project that we've started to explore faith and what it might look like outside of institutional churches. Our conviction is that someone losing faith in the church doesn't necessarily mean that they've lost their faith. Our passion is for an authentic pursuit of faith that impacts every area of our lives and world. Our hope is to help spiritually displaced people reclaim their role in God's story. Welcome to Reclamation Faith. This is Allison. And Josh. And we are here with a birthday episode. Yay. Happy birthday, Josh. Thank you. I almost said congratulations. I guess you could say. You made it. I think making it it here is worthy of congratulations. (laughs) I think anyone who makes it basically through this time is worthy of being congratulated. Well, yes, that's true. (laughs) Um, So we have a tradition that started just last year where the birthday person gets interviewed by Mm -hmm. their spouse on this episode. So I kind of, I was thinking about it, Josh. I was like, I remember last year and I also listened to it just a little bit, scrubbed through that episode. Yeah. And I was a little bit, um, doubtful that this would become a tradition mm-hmm. but i was thinking about it. it's kind of nice because we don't do um <laughs> anything else besides our conversations about church hurt and god and all you know all the theology. lighthearted fair uh, right 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 <laughs> so i was like okay this is kind of nice because a lot of people much larger platforms than us have like these adjacent podcasts or mm-hmm. discussions or different types of episodes. So it's like, okay, this could be our twice a year. Yeah. We like cut loose a little bit and talk about <laughs> ourselves or about one another. Well, I think it got kind of heavy last year. Oh, yeah. So I'll try, we'll try to keep it a little lighter maybe this time around. Well, heavy's fine as long as it's really interesting, heavy stuff. <laughs> as long as I don't put you to sleep like yes. usual. Yeah. Don't bore us with yeah. your heavy woes. Josh. Well, you said it's a tradition, but this is actually it becoming a tradition because it's the second time now that, that I've done right, this. Right, right. So it That's wasn't I mean. a tradition until this moment. So congratulations. Okay. There we go. Now I'm congratulating you. Thanks. You're welcome. I think you were just criticizing the way I intro this. No, I I, I love you. <laughs> <laughs> So it's Josh's birthday. Ask your questions, woman. (laughs) Oh my gosh. And um, he is eating a Reese's peanut butter cup. Well, Trader Joe's peanut butter cup. My favorite. And one is for me. Dark chocolate peanut butter cup. Yeah. So, Josh. Support us on Patreon or send us (laughs) Trader Joe's dark chocolate peanut butter cup. Or babysitting coupons. Yeah. Um, My first question for you is, what are... One to three mm-hmm. small moments that you will remember from this past year. Small moments from this past Minor year. Minor moments that are going to, that yep. stand out to you. Yep. Yep. So, okay, <laughs> this is a more challenging question than you think because I'm going to have to conceptualize when the last year. Actually. I know, I know. Like, I have no frame of reference for time right now at all. I know. Well, I was like, you'd probably only be able to pull up some stuff from this past long weekend. Yeah, that's but. true. From the past three days, <laughs> that counts. Um, so probably the first one that comes to mind is moving into our house because that was kind mm-hmm. of a pivotal moment right about six, seven months ago. And there's this moment that I have in mind when 
we had a, a fairly large crew that helped us yeah. and it was we moved on I think the hottest day of the summer and and we didn't pay for movers no we just we're paid. a little old for this guys we but paid in the form of pizza to like yes my co-pastors and people from my church and some friends yeah and they were wonderful and we were all just sitting around this big <laughs> empty living room with not a single piece of furniture in it just sweating our asses off <laughs> and like eating really good pizza and <laughs> i think it was just kind of like you know that the start of a new era. Aww, yeah. So like that moment is very, um, yeah, it's, I, I can visualize it very clearly. Maybe because we're recording this in said same living room. That is true. Weird. Mm-hmm. That is weird. Yeah. Nice. Um, I remember that day being so afraid I was going to pass out from the heat and then like, oh my gosh, there's so many other people helping us. What if one of them passes mm-hmm. out? It was terrible. Yeah. A few of us came close. Let's see. Well, I've got at least one, so I feel good about that. Okay, another one's pretty recent. Uh huh. But our daughter is in swim lessons, Aww. and I got to take her to her first class uh, about a week and a half ago. Yeah. And I don't know why, but I almost started crying watching <laughs> her sit on the edge of the pool and then, you know, get in and do a lap with the instructor. Mm-hmm. Um, lap is generous, but mm-hmm. um, it just felt like. It just felt like, oh my gosh, like I'm a dad. Yeah. It only took me four years <laughs> to get there. <laughs> um, but like, I think it wasn't just like, I'm a dad, but it was sort of like, I'm the dad of a kid, mm-hmm. you know, whereas like, mm-hmm. even though she hasn't been a toddler technically for a long time, it's sort of like, I, I'm looking forward to like all the stuff that comes with her being a, yeah. a kid, yeah. like teaching her things and having adventures and you know things like swim lessons I guess and so seeing that it was kind of like this gut punch of Mm -hmm. like it's happening Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) yeah so that was huge oh yeah that was huge I don't know why I resonate with that so much Mm -hmm. yeah yeah I don't know were there any other big things that happened to us this year besides besides a new house you getting a new (laughs) full-time job our daughter becoming a child starting in a new school uh continued life of pandemic I mean was there anything else that happened this year that you can think of uh yeah I'll go with I'll go with those two we've had some fun times and stuff like that this year but um those those are two moments that I think right now just like off the top of my head stand out it's it's been a significant year in a Mm -hmm. lot of ways and so let's go with a couple good things yeah okay so staying with the rather personal josh Mm. topic Mm -hmm. um by the way we didn't even mention i didn't even mention that josh if you didn't know this is a leap year baby that's true so he technically does not have a birthday this year we're absolutely cheating yeah. We're cheating. Mm-hmm. We're cheating. We Sorry. Could, we ah, gotcha. We've this for four years. I'm turning year. nine and a half this year. That's good to know. Yeah. I always forget. Two more years till the double digits. <laughs> <laughs> oh we'll celebrate real hearty with the 10-year-old birthday. I did just buy myself a Nintendo. Oh so, gosh, you know, Josh, right on track. You could have waited. <laughs> could have waited until I was 10. It is one of the best things about a leap year birthday, though. You can always have a good theme, mm-hmm. like a kid theme. Yeah, Allison has thrown me um, cowboy theme. Oh, it's my favorite. First one. Avengers theme. Mm-hmm. 
What else? That could be it, folks. Don't let him yeah, fool you. <laughs> we haven't known each other. Ninja long. Turtles. Oh, Ninja Turtles. That was a good that one. That was not really me. I think that was your youth group. It was. That. You helped. But yeah, Ninja Turtles. Oh, that was a good one. I love the Ninja Turtles. That was a good one. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so here's my question, Josh. Okay. Who did you live for this year? <laughs> J-E-S-U-S. Jesus. <laughs> okay. I wasn't sure what you'd say. That's great. No, I don't think that's actually accurate. Okay. <laughs> I hope. I hope at times. I, I spent an uh, inordinate amount of time this year thinking about reclamation. Yeah. Even though we did less this year like like, there were like seven months where we didn't do anything Mm -hmm. and I was just constantly thinking about it um oh just stewing yeah so there was that and I am honestly really excited too about where things are at at my church and uh so that's like there's good stuff happening there as well and things that I feel good about and steps that our church has made I feel like in some good directions in terms of like being more inclusive and Mm -hmm. intentional Mm -hmm. i'll just leave it at that and Mm -hmm. so in like my ministry arenas there's been a lot of excitement and hope and yeah just sort of like a a, a, an excitement to see what's coming on the horizon and in that i feel like yeah you know a lot of my at least energy has been focused on god um now practically (laughs) i lived a lot for not like me, but I would say for us, like yeah. I would say the, the three person unit that is our family. I honestly was like setting you up to say me. Oh, well. Not in a like, I mean, in a, I feel bad for this, but it was true. I think you did a lot, a lot of living for me this year. Well, thank you. I hope so. I mean, yeah. <laughs> Allison's job has been busy mm-hmm. and she's. Well, and getting a new job. Yeah. Of and course. it being somewhat of a career shift. Somewhat. Yeah, somewhat. <laughs> and I think like, yeah, getting acclimated to a new job, um, that that takes a lot. And I think that you are the kind of person who's going to give 120% to anything. And so a lot of my time, like I've been the primary. Mm-hmm. He has been the homemaker. <laughs> I've, been, I've been the homesteading dad, uh, which is great. Sure. I love it. I love that role. I've been doing most of the cooking and cleaning. And uh, I'm glad I have the, the energy and the space to do that. So, if I, I mean, have... you definitely can answer any way you want. I just was like, oh my gosh, so much of your year, more than any other year, I think, has been lived for me. I hope so. Yeah. 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 And Lily. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Aw. All right. So, <laughs> and you, dear listener. <laughs> well, that's who's up next. Oh. Can you tell us about your birthday wish for reclamation? Mm. If you had a birthday wish for reclamation, mm. what would it be? Mm-mm. Also, how old is Reclamation? Reclamation is we start we started thinking about it in April of 2020, but we started actually like putting stuff out in the world in September of 2020. Right, so right. So I think just about a year and a half old. Okay. Yep. Um, oh man, I have so many, uh, so many wishes. <laughs> okay, how about you? All right, how old are you turning nine? Rain me in. We're not gonna have nine wishes. No. How about three? Three wishes. Three wishes. Okay. Three wishes for reclamation. Three wishes. Uh, One is just that we can um, connect with people who need this. That's all. That's always my hope. Um, The best messages we get are when people reach out and say, "I I need what I'm hearing from you guys," Mm -hmm. Uh, and that's just great. And 
if you know people in that boat, share away. Yeah. That means a lot to us, um, especially when people tell us, you know, like they heard about us from a friend or yeah. a friend tells us they recommended this podcast or our ministry to someone. Um, so there's that. That's a big one. Number two is I really want reclamation. We've talked a bit about this to get a little bit more interactive mm-hmm. in the sense of like we like podcasting and putting stuff out there on social media. Um, we want to do more storytelling. We want to do mm-hmm. more conversations and have yeah. more venues to like hear from people. Yeah. Uh, so more interviews, more chats, things like that, more like one-on-ones with folks. And yeah. so um, that's a, a huge hope and dream right. for the year. Right. We don't want to be the only voice in this space, which obviously we're not, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. We really value mm-hmm. interacting with others. Yeah. And I think that, um, there's just kind of like always been this nagging sense of like there's something else that I haven't quite put my finger on yet that this could Needs to be. give birth to. Yeah. And so like, <laughs> I hope to conceive this year. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I also might not recover from that one, people. But uh, yeah, I think that I... <laughs> Are you kidding me? <laughs> hey, I think in metaphor. Um... Uh, <laughs> So yeah, no, I I just hope that there's like something exciting that comes about, some opportunity or vision that comes about, um, Hmm. because we are trying to be... Like building something new. Yeah. Mm -hmm. We'll go with that. Let's go with that. (laughs) Oh my gosh. So we had that six, seven month hiatus. Mm -hmm. What was, would you say, a benefit of that? And a curse of that mm-hmm. or fallout of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, the last one we did before that hiatus was your birthday episode. Oh, so it right. was from July to recently. Mm-hmm. Um, December. Yeah. Advent. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. A benefit of that was uh, one, that after a long break, I still was as passionate, if not more passionate about wow. this than yeah. before. That's good. Yep. And what about fallout or downfall, the curse of that break? Yeah, I mean, I, I don't, I don't know. I mean, I don't feel great about it. I think we were out of gas, though, mm-hmm. you know, and I think that that was just the reality. And, like, we kind of got into this not knowing what it would take. And I think that, like, when we recorded your last, the last episode, which was your birthday, mm-hmm. when we thought we'd take a, a one-month break, and that turned mm-hmm. into, like, a six-month break. Mm-hmm. And that was just the reality of, like, you didn't know how, how busy your job would be. Um, there was just so much change. Lily struggled with the transition mm-hmm. uh, of all that a transition. A lot more than we thought uh, she So would. that was yeah. a, a few difficult Oof, parenting months that. there. And so there was just a lot. It's kind of like, you know, nothing different probably could have happened, but I felt bad for mm-hmm. the, the favor we had curried among, you know, people, you who might be listening or people that were listening and stopped. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, God is good, and I trust that, you know, his, if he has wills or wishes for this, they'll continue, mm-hmm. but I think that that was just, like, you know, I keep reminding myself, like, my my primary priority is always, like, my family, you know? Like, I remember a good friend used to say when we were in pastoral ministry together, he'd say, you know, 
there's a lot of people who could like preach on a Sunday or who could lead worship or whatever, but only one person can be a husband to my wife and only one person can be a father to my children. And so, you know, I think that that's what I was kind of trying to keep in mind. It's like in this season, like reclamation matters deeply to me, but no matter what you're doing, and I hope this is true for everyone listening, like no matter what you're doing in terms of like job, calling, vocation, you know, that kind Mm -hmm. of stuff, like what matters more is love and what Mm -hmm. matters more is the relationships in your life and, you know, being true to the people around you. So I think that that season was us doing that and and just recognizing we can only do so much. Yeah. Yeah. I think for me, not that it's my birthday, but I think for me it was, um, I felt like we were building trust with people and, Mm -hmm. and they were inviting us into their life and I'm sad that we, I feel like we kind of broke that trust when we, left that regular Mm. you know podcast posting and Mm -hmm. availability online and such so yeah i think for me it was the trust yeah that was i mean not broken for everyone Mm -hmm. obviously but but you know yeah that was my fear too i hope that's not true please let us know if that wasn't true that'll encourage us (laughs) (laughs) or send us a long string of curses if it was the case oh man (laughs) All right. Well, big picture, Josh, which I know you love. (laughs) What is um, either a theme from the past year for you or one of the main things that you learned this past year? So this is not something I learned in, in that sense. But what comes to mind is something I'm hoping to go into or maybe... Like a theme that kept coming up, a seed that was, you know, taking root uh, for the coming space. And that is sort of like an expanded view of Christianity. And I know like that's been what we've been trying to do this whole time. What I mean by that is focusing on like really what does it mean to Mm. look at global Christianity? What does it mean to look at historical Christianity? And really just understanding, like, how deep and wide Mm. I'll never fully understand. But, you know, like, trying to get a a sense of that. Like, we've been trying to broaden the thinking around Jesus and the the story of God from within our tradition. Like, we've primarily focused on, like, American evangelicalism. Yep. We will continue probably to do that. But I think also there's been this growing desire or maybe desire is not the right word. A sense that some of the, like, the key to this like the pieces of this puzzle that we're trying to sort out of reclaiming this story lie in a more expansive interesting narrative yeah that's been neglected and so you know like I, i'm i've been reading books that are a little bit more weighted on like history lately mm-hmm. um i've been really kind of like convicted that one of the areas that we need to lean into if we want to reclaim the gospel is looking at unfamiliar theologies of like Hmm. other parts of the world yeah understanding christianity at the margins yeah you know that that can be really um yeah really helpful in this journey it's very needed needed. yeah yes and and part of that i think too was one of the best books i read this last year was called a A theology for the social gospel by walter rauschenbusch and it's a famous i mean it's like a classic right and it was written over a hundred years ago and if you haven't read it i highly recommend it it's very controversial. It was then. It is today. Wow. And it's not the solution, right? It's like the social gospel is just one other take on this. Yeah. But it was fascinating reading it and feeling like it was written by someone deconstructing right. today. Right. right. And it's over 100 years old. 
And so, so what is that? What is that? Right. And it was sort of like this reminder of like, mm, yeah, you are not as hot as you think you are. <laughs> like you are not as like these things that you're trying to do. Like New this is Josh. Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, brush your shoulders. No, like this is not, <laughs> this is something like these are questions and debates that have been going on. They will continue to go on. Huh. We're not going to solve uh-huh. this, you know, like I and, and so I think it was a little bit of this realization that these conversations were being had in different ways and with different terms. But still, a hundred years ago and far beyond that. And we need to get at that a little bit because yeah. here I was reading this book over a century old written in such a different time and seeing answers for where we are today and being like, how much more is out there that we kind of because What's you, you get into that social media space, right? And what you see are the books that were released by the publishers in the last month or so that they want you to see that people doing the interviews who we love and we'll interview some of them, and that's great, and we should pay attention to that. But you know, so often it's kind of like we leave in the dust of history yeah. things that I think like tools that we need to rebuild this house, and so mm. I want to get at some of that this year, yeah. And so that's something I've been thinking about a lot. That's so interesting because I feel like that makes sense on a broader societal level too for people. Mm -hmm. I just think I've seen and heard more of that. Like Mm -hmm. look to other cultures. I mean someone told me that this, told us that this weekend. A friend told us that, you know, suggested Mm -hmm. that to us. Mm -hmm. Um, Look back at our history. Like what happened in our history that that has caused us to find ourselves here. Like, that is just common right now. And I wonder if it's because the beginning of the pandemic in 2020, that right after that we had the George Floyd and the conversations around race and just the upheaval of our country with the sin being unveiled that has been Mm -hmm. latent or Mm -hmm. been happening for centuries. But this kind of... um, the beginning of a reckoning, hopefully, mm-hmm. for that sin in our country. Anyway, so there's those two monumental things. And now I kind of wonder, and we're all still so shocked that this pandemic is persisting. Mm-hmm. I mean, Omicron spiking around Christmas time. Like, we're all like, what the heck? We thought we were through this. So I wonder if people are in this zone of like, okay, <laughs> we're, we, we, we got to look back a little bit and figure you know what out what the heck is going on. You know what we need? We need another we didn't start the fire. <laughs> but just to like help us wrap our minds around the last like two years. Like I think we didn't start the fire was all about like a whole decade, but I think we just need one for two like years. 2021. Yep. Two, 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 22, <laughs> right, right? Absolutely. Where, where are you, Billy Joel? Come on, oh come back gosh. to us. <laughs> oh, I'm sure it's been done. Like a remake somewhere. But anyway, we have been it would just afraid be of areas, it. Like. <laughs> As a Delta Omicron, I can't take it anymore. <laughs> that is some dangerous ground because he's been this beer is trying strong. to stay away from TikTok and Reels. And I'm not trying to. I freaking hate that crap. Well, yeah, you have been staying away from it. But this is like your birthing a really ha. good idea for one of them right now. Mm-hmm. So... Anyway, it's just interesting to think of that. Yeah. Your, that situation that you find yourself in that I see us doing in this podcast a little bit also across 
other platforms. Yeah, yeah. In other spaces. I think one thing, one sort of silver lining uh, that's not so silver, but still, uh, of this last couple years is more and more like we're seeing people like their true colors. And I mm. think that like the, the division and everything sucks and it's it's been wrapping people up in so much toxicity. Yeah. And at the same time, <laughs> it's unveiling a lot. And I don't want to buy into this, you know, oh, those people over there who are so evil versus us over here who are so righteous. But the true colors I'm referring to are the, sh- the forces that have shaped people in certain ways. And I think that that's been helpful because it, it forces us outside of the, the things that have shaped those people, right? So like, okay, let me clarify. That was confusing. Yeah. It's, I think we're seeing like in a, in certain evangelical circles, for example, people saying and doing things that are kind of gross. Yeah. And we have two options when we see that. We can say that person is gross in their heart and they are a less than version of a normal human. We can demonize them. Or we can say they're showing us their true colors. Let's understand what's made them that way. Hmm. And I thankfully... Yeah. I think that's the direction some people are going in. I think that a lot right. of the conversations around deconstruction right. are going in that direction. Let's understand the cultural and historical forces that have made these people act in these kind of ugly ways. Now, definitely, like every movement, there's people out there demonizing Christians, evangelicals, the right, whatever. Cut it out if you're doing that. But <laughs> people are still showing their true colors, which gives us the opportunity to ask why. Yeah. Why, why, why? And when we ask why and we see the forces and we see the movements that have done that, we can look beyond them. Like it, it mm. frees us to say, oof, you know, this has gone in a not so great direction. I'm going to kind of look outside of it yeah. and find something else. Right. And okay. I think like, so when I was um, working with a lot of college students, you know, I, I used to kind of like joke behind the scenes that I've just wished that my students would read a book other by someone other than Tim, Tim Keller, listen to a sermon by someone other than Matt Chandler, or read an article by someone other than John Piper. And like, if they could do that, their faith would grow. And like, <laughs> I don't remember this joke. I don't know that I ever said that out loud to anyone, maybe some interns behind the scenes as I aired my grievances. But that was kind of always the vibe huh. that I got. And that, there's a lot of truth in that, yeah. too. You know, I was like, if these young people could expose themselves to even just a tiny portion of what's beyond this one specific subset of even just American evangelicalism, like neo-reformed Calvinism in America in the 21st century, their faith would grow like crazy. Now I think we're starting to see like, oh, I need to do that. (laughs) I, I need to do that. And that is a good thing. It's mm-hmm. it's a hard process. It's hard to reckon with the skeletons in the closet of the house that you've chosen to move into. Mm-hmm. But it helps us recognize we're not to live in one house as Christians. Mm-hmm. We're to live in a kingdom, you know, and yeah. to invest in those around us. Yeah, so, yeah. Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> All right. So to wrap up. I want to ask you about the word deconstruction. And Mm -hmm. could you give us your own personal working definition Mm -hmm. and what you, uh, I don't know. I don't know whether to make this more personal or more theoretical. You choose. 
or we could get a penny and <laughs> well, what do you want to know tonight. what's the what's i don't know i'm like wondering which way to take it which would be more powerful for people listening so what how do you describe deconstruction quickly mm-hmm. this isn't the main point <laughs> yeah i mean i would say that deconstruction is essentially the process of asking uh questions about previously held assumptions when you're within the community of faith mm-hmm. and i know the answer to this but i want you to i'm asking you for our listeners are you deconstructing would you call yourself deconstructing? Always. Yeah. I, I, I kind of feel like I've been deconstructing for, uh, and I'm not exaggerating, I think about 15 years. Um, I just, that's the way I've been wired where like most of my growth in faith has come through the process of what is today being called deconstruction. It wasn't called that five years ago, but the process was the same. And so, yeah, there's always been this question of kind of like examining assumptions that I have held or that people around me have held. But I think the the unique thing right now is that it's happening so broadly and kind of nothing is off limits in yeah. what's, you know, so the so-called deconstruction community. A lot is uh, open, which is really good because I think there have been a lot of times and seasons in my life where within the Christian community, certain questions open themselves to deconstruction. Racism is a perennial issue. Um, <laughs> sexuality is sometimes allowed to be deconstructed uh, within limits and things like that. But I think that the absolute tsunami of trauma that Hmm. came about in 2016 and then again in 2020 and January 6th and so on, the response to the racial upheaval that you were discussing, all the stuff we've talked about time and again, what that did is I think it it caused people to take a huge step back and say, what have I gotten myself into? And now there's this broad look at all of it. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that by and large, that's a good thing. Obviously, it's kind of the Wild West out there right now. And okay, that's fine. I don't I don't know that there's any way around that. I don't know that that's necessarily mm-hmm. bad. I know there are people losing their faith. I'm not honestly super concerned about that. Um, because not, not because I don't think it matters, but because I can only do what I'm called to do. And offer the story that I've come to place my trust in. So yeah, I've been, I've, I would say I've been on that journey for about 15 years. Uh, it started with questions around exclusivity. So mm-hmm. like, what about, you know, can, can, are all non-Christians really going to hell? And what about people who've never heard the gospel and people born in countries where there is no church, you know, access and that kind of stuff. And from there on, it was just sort of like a persistent snowball right. <laughs> of doubt. Right. Um, and it's been, honestly, again, like I said, for me, that's been valuable. Yeah. But, yeah. Yeah. So I know for you, Josh, that big revelations about God are in scripture for you personally, um, that that's a way that you feel close to God or that God draws you close to God's self. Mm -hmm. Um, Besides that, how have you persisted with Jesus Mm -hmm. through 15 years of this? Because I'm sure there are people listening who are deconstructing. um, And I'm sure there's people listening who are like, I can't go another month Mm. with this. Yeah, yeah. 
Is it just how you're wired? Um, do you think? Or maybe partly. And I think like there's also though the other side of that same coin of of being comfortable with uncertainty. Yeah. And recognizing that you're never going to have all the information, you're never going to have all the answers to your questions. You're going to have to take some things on faith and you're going to have to take some other things with just the hard to swallow pill of un- of discomfort and unknowing. And for some people that might just be too much. Yeah. What's really interesting, a book we keep coming back to is uh, Brian Zond, I think, put it really well when he said that like the a lot of people falling into atheist thinking are, are doing so with the same uh, mm. framework that mm-hmm. they were in fundamentalism, right? It's the, it's like they need certainty. And if the certainty of Christianity is no longer tenable, then the quote unquote certainty of atheism is a lot more comforting than just sort of like mystery. And I think that that's something people should keep in mind, mm-hmm. right? That there's still not the certainty, the certainty you're seeking. It just can't be found even in atheism. Other things that for me though have maybe helped or kept me going um, would be I love hearing how other people are experiencing God. Yeah. So that's been huge. Seeing other people grow and and not Mm. just grow like we've talked about before that word can be Mm -hmm. healthy or unhealthy. I mean, seeing people come into their giftedness or their wiring, love their divine that. wiring. Love I love that. watching yeah. people lead, um, use their lives to bless. And that brings me a lot of joy mm-hmm. and, and a lot of hope when I can see that. So that's good. Um, hmm. And just, you know, this is this is something I still struggle with a lot but just looking for beauty and recognizing that when I can turn off that part of my brain that says everything is screwed <laughs> and I can look out my window of my house, I can find beauty. And if you can pay attention to it, beauty speaks louder. Mm-hmm. Beauty speaks louder than That's so true. any of these other things that are threatening to pull us under, Yeah, you know? Yeah, we are we are in a world that consistently puts the spotlight on ugliness. Yeah, because ugliness is attention grabbing. It's it's easy. It's a quick fix. Ugliness opens our wallets because ugliness causes us to invest our time and energy in media. It causes us to invest our hearts in debates and culture wars it, it's, it invites a, a kind of investment that dehumanizes us or dehumanizes others. That's what ugliness does, but it's very effective. Yeah. But beauty, I think when given the chance to speak, hmm. speaks louder. And so for me, that's something I'm trying to learn how to do. And <laughs> some days it's harder than others, but it's there. That's awesome, Josh. Yeah. Well, reclamation. (laughs) May you find yourself in awe of God's beauty today. Hmm. And Josh, happy birthday. Thank you so much. (laughs) Thank you for the peanut butter cups. Yeah, thank you for your thoughts on on our (laughs) podcast tonight. If you want to give me a good birthday present, share Reclamation Faith with someone. 
That is a nice gift to Josh. That would be wonderful. Or, yeah. or just send us a little message. Um, we'd love to chat with you. And I don't just, I'm not just saying that, even if we've never met before, we'd love to know who's out there listening. Yeah, so absolutely. Give me a gift and, <laughs> <laughs> and help us, uh, help us find that uh, needed place for this in the world. Thank you guys so much. <laughs>